the very first sales call I went on, I sold, it was a five zone duckless job. The very first sales call, my, I was training with the owner and he got sick and I was training with him for like two months. And he's like, hey man, I'm not feeling too good. He's like, do you think you could run these calls today? And again, like, I'm very big into like the present moment. And I just realized that that wasn't like something bad for me. That was an opportunity. So when opportunity comes knocking at my door, I'm always going to answer it. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your host, Brian Burton from Nate Minutes. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast, joining you now with a brand new logo. Thanks to Dan Antonelli. We sure appreciate that. And we are looking and feeling fresh and clean. And we're really excited to talk to our guest today, Kevin Polito. He's going to be joining us here in just a minute to talk about his $5 million run, the Beast of the East Comfort Advisor on this side of the world. And we're looking forward to having a good conversation with him about sales, his journey, and everything else in between. But for right now, Brian and I are going to spend just a minute talking about those things ourselves and turn to Brian for a quote. Difficulties strengthen the mind as labor does the body. Seneca. Seneca the younger, as it were. I didn't realize there was an older. Well, yeah, his pops, the old man. Okay. Philosophers and writers and like ancient Rome. You know what Seneca... Seneca I feel like that younger. was a quote that his father beat into him. That's what that sounds like right there. <laughs> Seneca was like a uh, crazy story. They got to make a movie about this dude. A lot of these these dudes in this time. Seneca was a uh, mentor of Nero early on. And uh, I don't know if they had a falling out or what, but like Seneca and and his maybe nephew or something, like Luke, was it Lucas or something? I don't know. You have to look it up. But um, – like we're we're convicted of of trying to assassinate Nero and and like these dudes had to I don't know how they forced a suicide but they pulled it off like they forced these dudes to kill themselves and being you know stoic like Seneca famously just silently and and just with all coolness in the world took his own life opened a vein as they called it back in the day Wow, that's Any, really, really uplifting. <laughs> so let's talk about inspirational yeah. stories. Here, here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the waste no day thing. You think you got problems. <laughs> Imagine being forced to commit suicide. Uh, yeah, huh? Uh, yeah, you don't have calls. Oh, I don't have calls. <laughs> I mean, Jeffrey Epstein over here. Okay. Oh, yeah, back to, uh, back to uh, Dan Antonelli. Uh, selflessly designing a new, a new logo for the Waste No Day podcast. Um, what's funny is before he did that, and, and we're going with that new logo, that thing's sick. Um, uh, my brother was texting me that he's digging, you know, he owns a business in Michigan, Ready Jetter, and that he's like reading uh, Dan's book, 
uh, blanded, not branded. And he's like, dude, this thing's changing the game for me. Um, and it is a really good book. And eh, we, we talk about uh, Dan fairly often on the show, but probably not often enough, especially since he crushed that new logo for us. Well, he's been um, on the show, my man. He has been on the show. Yep. Um, but yeah, well, you know, we, we bring him up in groups and I tag him in these, in these trade groups I'm part of where uh, people are struggling with something to do with their brand or lack thereof usually. And I'm, I just immediately invite Dan Antonelli to the group and say, just talk to this guy because every time I have a conversation with him about anything to do with the brand of a company, I mean, I'm, I get the answer, maybe not necessarily that I was looking for because I'm usually looking for an answer that just makes me feel better about me. Uh, usually I feel like a five-year-old for whatever I thought was the right answer. And uh, my, my pops just came up to me and, and steered me straight. But I'm, I'm also blown away by how how much this thing makes sense to him. Um, like forget the fact that he designed the branding, the logos for like a one garage door for Tommy Mello and ghetto for Ken Goodrich and you know, all these huge, amazing brands that are just killing it. The guy's just a, uh, he's a gem of the industry. He's, he's one of these legends that we're just lucky to be around at the same time as, and you know, there are certain people I feel like that about the two people I just mentioned and probably Roy H Williams is, is definitely up there for me. Um, but Dan, yeah, for, for sure. If you haven't read blanded, not branded and you're in, and you, you're any kind of business owner or manager, you should check that book out. There's like a, let's say there's a chapter by Heather Ripley in there where she talks about, well, just read the book. It's a, it's a great book. She has a good chapter in it. Uh, was was texting with her this morning. She's going to be coming on the show soon as well. Um, but I can't recommend Dan's book enough, um, and definitely want to do that right now because his brand is his his logo for Waste No Day is so cool. Such a cool logo. Yeah, make sure you catch his episode. That was November fourteenth of last year, two thousand twenty-two. Yep, good episode. But the book, you know, the book. Uh, unlike most movies, when people say the book was better, I'm like, yeah, right. You can't even see the people in the book. And plus you have to read it. The book in, in uh, when con- compared to the podcast, book's way better. Way better. <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> well, we're going to have a good co- podcast today with Kevin Polito. He is a comfort advisor from the Northeast. I'm not sure that we've ever had anybody on from the Northeast before. Well, it depends on what you mean by Northeast, I guess, like Virginia and, and Maryland and, well, New Jersey we've had on. Dude, you say that one more time and the South will literally rise again. Virginia and Maryland? Are you kidding me? Northeast? Mason Dixon line, buddy. Like, <laughs> okay. Get, I don't get back know. here What's to Pennsylvania. What's the Northeast? <laughs> I mean, anybody from Pennsylvania, including Ellen Roar and anybody from uh, my shop, they would technically count as the Northeast. But, you know, this guy's true Northeast. He's, he's a mass guy. Yeah, that's as northeast as you can get, pretty much. Almost. No, that'd be Maine. That'd be yeah, Maine, Maine, but Maine's a little well bit done. Hard. Killed it on geography class. Yeah. Hey, remember that time we went to Maine, buddy? That was a good time. Did some fly fishing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, rode on a float plane. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Boy, yeah, so bunny we're... Trail City today. Huh? <laughs> hey, well, I uh, gonna... he, you know I wanted to say what's up to uh, I wanted to say what's up to Ryan Driscoll real quick because. Ryan Driscoll heard me on Tommy, listened to some Waste No Day episodes. He lives and works uh, here locally in Phoenix. Hit me up, 
we went out to lunch today and chatted about, uh, well, chatted about the future and goals and stuff like that. And it was just cool to hang out with him a little bit. Our uh, operations manager here in the Phoenix, Ben Franklin, Daryl, joined us as well. I want to say what's up to Daryl, too, because he listens every single week and is a uh, avid Waste No Day follower. Gets gets to hang out with me in the office all day now, which he's like, uh, I think he'd probably say I'm overrated at this point. It's been three whole days. so It took you him remember, that long? You remember that, Nate. You being overrated or... <laughs> What? Yeah. What? It, no, I don't agree with that at all. But what right. it was like to hang out with me in an office all day. Being overrated. Yes, clearly. The joys. The joys of hanging out with me in the same building all day. I think I'm chaotic uh, on, on a microphone. <laughs> you should be in person with me trying to get me on one subject at a time. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate everybody who does listen on a weekly basis. And Kevin's actually one of those guys. And we're excited to talk to him today about sales, which we haven't done a true like comfort advisor sales episode in quite some time. No, it's been a hot minute. And we and we need to because, well, there's a reason a comfort advisor episode is our most downloaded episode, where where we talk about sales in the trades and the comfort advisor. For those outside of the HVAC industry, is is a salesperson, HVAC salesperson. That's who you call in just to give the estimate on new equipment. And there's the versions of that in all of the trade, all home service trades. But yeah, so having Kevin on, he hit me up like I think a week ago and said, man, he'd love to come on the show. And I'm like, you know what? We have a great episode coming that was supposed to drop when this episode did. Another trainer, negotiator from the Black Swan Group, Sandy Hine, our first uh, female negotiation trainer, which I'm really, really excited about releasing. But I said, man, a $5 million comfort advisor. It's been a minute since we did that, did did an interview like that. And what are we doing? Like, this is what we do. So let's put that one out first, you know? Absolutely. And we're going to have a good time talking with him today. Yeah, man, looking forward to it. And we're going to spend some time talking with him. But now it is that coveted time that everybody looks forward to. The review of the week. Selena Septic Service. Rock stars. Five star. Have been listening to Waste No Day for a while now, and it's been very impactful in my life and my business. The interviews are top notch. The information here is worth hundreds of millions of dollars when implemented it, and executed. Is it? Because I haven't seen that paycheck. I've seen, <laughs> seen zero of those dollars. In fact, many of those dollars have left my own pocket. Selena Septic, if you are if you are uh, in in let's say if you have some of those millions, please feel free. Uh, I'll get you my Send address. Way. Brian will get you his address. <laughs> I share this podcast with all of my employees and friends in the home services. Keep it up, Nate and Brian. Nate and Brian. Finally, somebody who put the right name <laughs> first. This is nonsense. Again, again, it's not even in alphabetical order for crying out loud. It is in uh, order of. Priority and importance, though. It says septic services, but I got to think it's an electrician with the lack of uh, alphabetical order there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Selena Septic Services, uh, nice alliteration, by the way. We appreciate you. and uh, Yeah, Waste No Day thanks you for the review and for sharing it, not only with the employees, but with friends in the trades, because uh, that's how the episode gets bigger. 
And for for us, that's how we get bigger guests, reviews and shares. So if you would be so kind as to pull over, grab that phone, scroll down to uh, write a review, press the five-star button, and you can be done right there. That's it. But if you're on Apple and you want to go further, then you write a little review. Tell us how you feel about the show. Tell us how you feel about Nate. Just just give him the business, but make sure you do a five-star when you do it, all right? <laughs> and uh, and then press submit, and we'll read your review on the air very soon. I mean, we're probably, we probably got six, seven, eight weeks until we're caught up on reviews. So we'll be, we'll be at yours soon if you leave it fast enough. I love it. Well, what we're going to transition into now is our conversation with Mr. Kevin, and we're going to put him in your passenger seat right now. Yeah! Our guest today is Kevin Polito. He is based out of Lowell, Massachusetts. He was raised by his grandmother due to a lot of family struggles. And in high school, he fell in love with HVAC, and he's been doing it for the last 20 years. He started an install and eventually got moved into service. Those 20 years may be full of bad choices for him and unfortunate circumstances, but in 2019, he had a come-to-Jesus moment that completely changed his life and his outlook. We're going to talk to him about that and so much more today. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Nate, thanks a lot, my man. I appreciate you guys for having me on. I'm uh, really looking forward to spending some time here and. uh, and making this connection with you guys. So thank you, and uh, Brian as well. Oh, Brian as well. Yeah, yeah you're welcome, I was, buddy. I was fine with the original. You could have just stuck with Nate. I mean, no, we're, we're excited to have you on. We've It's been too long since we did like an HVAC selling episode, right? It's been a minute. And uh, certainly since we had a comfort advisor on, and you reached out to me like, hey, bucket list items to do this. And then we talked about what your numbers were. And I'm like, Shoot, you could have been doing it like two. You could have come on two years ago. <laughs> talking about <laughs> legit producer, like, let's go. And uh, you know, my favorite part about it is is uh, Kevin's on a uh, should hit five million in in HVAC residential sales this year, and on the East Coast. Thank you very much. A lot of a lot the, of props for those West Coast uh, big dogs. Which yeah, the East Coast. Like, also known as the right coast, the best coast. I mean, we can go on. Is there a lot yeah, right like about that, that coast? <laughs> not the oh, north. Yeah. Maybe not up <laughs> the New England side of things, but uh, <laughs> as hey, we head whoa, south. Whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, not I mean, Patriots let's just settle the debate huh? right here, Kevin. So who do you cheer for in football season? I mean, got to be the Pats. Uh, hey, last... thanks a lot, Kevin. It's good to have you on, buddy. It was a great show. <laughs> I really appreciate everything you're doing. And I almost words. said the I almost said the Eagles. I almost did. <laughs> you, would, you would have had Nate for sure. Well, yeah, as this episode no. is going to launch, uh, the Eagles and the Patriots will have already decided their their first game against yeah. each other. Yep. So yeah, looking so we'll forward have to, that. to have some trash talking. You know, going uh, if we win, you better expect a, a message from me. Is it trash talk picture. if it's? I mean, you know, when the game competition one. levels are so out of whack, I don't know if that really counts. Uh, hey, a win's a win. That's how I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about how you're winning today, Kevin, and you certainly yeah. are in your current position as a comfort advisor. And so I want to talk to you uh, first about your history. How did you get into the trades? We always like to learn a little bit about our guests. So start there and tell us your background. Sure. Um, so 
I took HVAC in high school. Um, I graduated in uh, 2000 and, uh, 2001. Um, and directly out of high school, I ended up going to um, a co-op job where I was out in the field, got to experience, you know, getting rashed on by all the older guys. I'm a, you know, 16-year-old kid running around these big commercial HVAC uh, job sites, you know, hanging tin, banging tin, duck sealing, doing all that stuff. And um, that was the moment I just, I, I can remember like it was yesterday, just something in me was like, I really enjoyed doing this. I really loved HVAC. I liked all the different things you could do, whether it's banging duck together, hanging it, you know, all, like the rounds, the the fabricating. I ended up getting into that. I spent a couple of years in a, uh, a sheet metal shop. Um, and then pretty much the, the natural progression of an HVAC tech where I, you know, started off in the trenches and then worked my way up to a, a junior mechanic where I was a helper um, doing, you know, more residential stuff. I didn't really... Commercial wasn't really my thing. I ended up, you know, really enjoying the uh, residential side a little bit more because uh, I felt like I got to do a lot more of that. Like you got the low voltage wiring, you got the drainage, the flue piping, gas piping, um, the whole nine yards. So, um, you know, I did that for about, uh, I want to say, five years. And from there, I transitioned into a, um, a service technician um, where I, you know, just kind of cut my teeth on you know, unbeknownst to me, I didn't really know that I was training myself for what I was going to do in the future, but just really got really good at communicating with homeowners and trying to, you know, knock down that uncomfortable wall when you go. Like, as a service tech, I don't think the walls is as sturdy as when you're a, a sales guy or a comfort advisor. You know, when you're a service guy, people are usually welcoming you in. Um, so I really got to experience that. Um and really, really enjoyed that and, you know, started easily just mentioning things to people. And next thing I knew was like, I'm, you know, oh, we're going to put in a new indoor air quality, you know, package for these folks. We're going to put in a humidification system. And um, the last company I was at, the uh, dispatch, she was, and I th I'm still thankful to this day because I never in a million years thought I would do sales. And she just said to me, she's like, have you ever thought about going into sales? And that was the very moment that the thought, manifested in my mind and i was like you know i really had never thought about it and then i just started thinking about all the stuff i had done leading up to that and uh i just went on a a journey um to just be the best person i could possibly be um and you know i i got a great opportunity at uh green energy mechanical where i you know went into the comfort advisor role that was in 2021 uh, i did two million my first year uh last year i did about 3.7 or 3.6 million and then this year uh i'm on pace to to do five um and yeah that's kind of the condensed story there's a lot of um you know I, that's the positive side i had to go through a lot of trials and tribulations um on my own battling my own demons you know in my younger years uh and somehow was able to pull myself out of it you know there's a lot of not great stuff in the industry with guys and things that they do and you know things that you see as a young kid and you think that that's normal and i got wrapped up in a lot of that stuff and uh you know i had like a whole whatever you want to call it spiritual awakening you know right before i ended up getting my comfort advisor job um and yeah i just you know went full steam ahead um and just tried to become the best version of myself that i possibly could 
I love it, man. And that's what we're about here on the podcast, as you know. And that's also what uh, we're going to be interested in talking with you about today. Uh, I'm imagining some of our southern and western listeners are still trying to figure out what banging tin means. Uh, <laughs> could you explain that? So, so yeah, banging tin uh, is ductwork. Um, you know, a tin knock, tin knocker. Um, you know, we have all different names. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, banging tin would be, you know, you're doing a, a whatever, an attic job, a, a basement install. You're on your hands, you're on your hands and knees with your knee pads on, banging tin. You know, you're banging all your duct together, sealing it up, wrapping it. Um, so yeah, that's that's what banging tin is. <laughs> Yeah, tin, that tin knocker. Tin knocker, yeah. <laughs> definitely something that uh, our, our southern compatriots of the show are uh, unfamiliar with. Uh, so, love love the story, Kevin, and I don't think that uh, yours is an unfamiliar one when it comes to overcoming demons and getting back on the right path. Yeah. So, kudos to you, man. And for anybody listening, just like here right now, if you're struggling with some of that stuff, if you're wrapped up in some of that stuff, Take this as a, a mental note or an opportunity or a knock on the door or whatever you want to call it to say there is a different side of the trade and you can still be in the trade and yet you can change your ways, you can change your habits and you can change your future. Uh, Kevin's living mm-hmm. proof of that. So we love it, man. Yeah. If yeah, you're at that no, hateful, horrible place full of negativity and people just out to get each other and ripping each other off and ripping the client out, leave. You don't have to be there. There's plenty of opportunity yeah. right now. But it's, but I'm curious and congrats, man, on on uh, overcoming what you overcame. But what are what are some things you do? <clears throat> and let's break it down a little bit more granular and talk about like on a on a real right now basis. I mean, we, um, we guaranteed we have listeners who are just in a funk and struggling and and really need to be pulled out. And what are some practical things you did, or maybe even that you do today? That yeah, help I mean, you I still do. Um, I mean, I try not to. I try not to go off the deep end, getting too wonky, because this this is a subject that I'm very passionate about. Is like trying to help people overcome these things, because, and that's just like the tip of the iceberg. I went through so much stuff as like a child as well. Like I've seen things and gone through things that nobody should have ever had to. So for me to be, you know, productive today, like I am, is is it's crazy. What did Nate um, do but, a solo you know, episode that I didn't hear about? <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> he's still offended from so, the, he's offended from the gun show that he saw last week oh man he was rocking the sleeveless <laughs> i posted it looking, on facebook looking ripped looking yeah. ripped bud yeah <laughs> um so i mean for me like like brian just hit it on the head like i was in the you know in a deep dark place that I don't wish anybody to be in. You know, I had so many things in my life to be grateful for. And the last thing I was every day was grateful for anything. I was, I was miserable, you know, um, but I have three beautiful, healthy children, a beautiful wife that stuck by me through all this crap that I put her through. Um, so like I said, I try not to go too deeply into it, but I, you know, I found faith in something much, much bigger and greater than myself. Um, and I just kind of let that lead the way, you know, we all have this innate power inside of us that is dying to be let loose. And if you can find a way to, to tap into it, which I did, um, through meditation and, and things like that, you know, that was a really, really big instrumental piece to the puzzle for me was, was meditation really just trying to 
figure out what was going on. Like, who am I? What am I doing here? Like, why am I doing these things when these other people are doing these other things? Especially, like, as a service technician, like, going into these homes that are, like, like I'm living in this crappy apartment, and I'm going into these million-dollar homes where people have stuff in their basement covered in dust that they never use, where I would kill to have some of that stuff. So just, like, really started asking myself deeper questions about, you know, what and, and 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 doing research you know i started really going down that path of uh self-help and just trying to gain knowledge i have so many books under my belt now um you know the first really big one that changed everything was think and grow rich um that really just shined a light on like hey like anybody can be wealthy anybody can be successful but you just have to understand it and be able to see it in, in your mind's eye um, napoleon hill yeah he yeah. had a, he had a quote in there that said the fact that someone has done it is proof that you can mm-hmm. do it yep. freaking yep man that one just dug into me the first time i read it yeah cool now i meet so, some people where i'm like eh <laughs> dude's just a lot smarter right than me. you know what i mean or <laughs> no some people I, I yeah but you meet, you meet some people sometimes. brian or, or most people <laughs> uh so yeah, that was the biggest thing for me is like finding something larger than myself. Because like I said, I had turned to everything externally. I tried everything <clears> to <throat> try to fulfill. Like that's what we're all searching for, right? To be happy, to feel full and purposeful. And I looked everywhere outside of me to try to fill that void. But man, the moment I looked internally and and started asking myself questions, um, deeper questions, it just it changed. It completely changed my life. I went from and I mean, it literally happened. Like I swear to God, it happened overnight. It was like a a turnaround that was incredible. And then I just never turned back the other way. I just stayed focused on um, just making sure that I was doing everything I could to to make sure that I was getting better every single day, no matter. And I committed to myself, no matter how good I get, I'm always gonna make sure that I'm still getting better every day. So. Um, and that happened before the job, before the comfort advisor stuff. That was kind of a, a year or two into the service tech. And then I, like, I just started killing it at service technician. You know, I was communicating awesome. I was selling jobs, um, you know, even though they were smaller jobs, like I said, like air quality, humidifiers, stuff like that, like new thermostats, whatever it is. Um, but I just started, you know, all that stuff was just like, coming to me you know i just woke up every day and and went out into the world and and, and be myself and it you know it was it was life-changing so those are the couple things that i did you know that i still do that i really really believe that if anybody's struggling look you know sit spend some time with yourself sit down you know um reach out to somebody reach that the other thing is like reach out to somebody that has been there before that's that's gone through it you know like that can give you some words of encouragement or some words of advice so kevin i want to ask you because i find it curious i mean you said something there that you were going into million dollar houses where people had dust covering stuff that you could only dream of having right you know and it was it was secondary to them it was it was nothing it was storage items yeah some guys would see that and they would get bitter they'd get angry uh, you know, they start raging at the rich and, and how all these people can have all this stuff and I can't and it's unfair and, and so on and so forth. So how did you 
how did you choose a different path in, in terms of like, you obviously took that and you took it as motivation to do something about it and, and make a difference. Whereas other people yep. take it as an excuse, uh, you know, yep. so why, why were you different? Whew. So, I mean, I think for a long time, that's how I was like, I'd be like, well, it must be nice. Like, you know, it must be nice to be them, you know, like this guy's got everything. And that's cause that's how you're programmed. Like that's how hmm. everybody acts. He's so lucky. Can, His dad had money. Um, yeah exactly like look at this guy he's got all this stuff i have nothing like you know must be nice that's like must be nice you know that's the i've probably said that a million times uh but then like i said i had that that moment that just i yeah, i broke into a whole new like i felt like a whole different person and i just stopped i stopped being negative like that was a big thing is negativity for me was like kryptonite like i had to just be positive about everything and i started looking at it like well Instead of being like, oh, that's nice, it was like, well, you know, I would ask myself, and I, I can remember doing it, like driving by the homes and like, well, I wonder what it would be like. Like, I wonder what it would take to, to live in a home like this. I wonder what it would be like to asking myself, reframing it and asking myself in a different way, um, which doesn't make you bitter. It doesn't make you negative. It doesn't give you the hatred for the rich because let's face it, like, everybody wants to be rich, bro. Like, who doesn't? Like, who doesn't want to have all those things? Like, you know, but until you can understand what it takes to get those things, you just end up living a, you know, a bitter, miserable, um, you know, negative life. And that's just the way the world is, man. You look at all the stuff, you turn the news on, it's just negativity after negativity. There's nothing good on there. You know, they, it's, I don't know, you know, it's the, a lot of negativity out there. So I, I chose to be that, that positive beacon anywhere I go. You know, anybody that ever meets me or bumps into me, I'm going to make sure that they remember me. Yeah. Yeah. Now people are saying, must be nice to be Kevin Polito, man. <laughs> that guy has they the, may, yeah. maybe. That guy has all the, <laughs> they the cards stacked in his favor. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I work my tail off for it, man. Like I said, I'm always like, I'm always doing something to make myself better. Like, uh, when I'm driving around all day at work, you know, there's things that I do that other guys just, I tell it to them and they're like, dude, how? Like, I don't, I don't listen to music when I'm driving around them when I'm working. I only listen to like podcasts, whether it be, it's it, a I, lot of the time. I don't it is retain enough day. of it. So I don't listen to stuff like that. I like to watch it. Yeah. Better. I don't, yeah, I just don't I'm retain like, it when I'm driving. Believe me, watching yeah, you talk, I'm, Brian is no better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't recommend it. <laughs> but no, it's you guys. Um, uh, what else? I love uh, Build with Rob, Rob Deerdeck, who's just, that guy is just an absolute, like, monster. Like, just, I'm super, like, big into, like, the mindset, like, the spirituality, energy. Like, we're all energy. Everything in this room, everything in your room, and Nate's room, it's all made up of the same stuff, you know? everything it's all the same when you break it all the way down to the finest form so you know that was another thing that i started tinkering with in my mind was energy and and trying to wrap my head around that which has been a mission in itself yeah rob's a i'll never quit rob's a motivation machine he's that's the guy from robin big oh, right he's awesome yeah big, yeah so he has peace, a podcast big. it's i know r.i.p big um, but yeah, uh, it's called build with Rob and they're kind of short. So, I mean, this, obviously this podcast is great. I can just go through and shuffle through and, and listen to any of them. Like I said, the, uh, Daniel Arroyo's one was awesome. Uh, Joe Cunningham, that one was incredible. I think it was fear words. That Tom one Hopkins. like changed my whole, 
Yeah. Oh, was it Tom Hopkins. I get it mixed up, but I know Joe Cunningham was great. You know, Joe Cressera, obviously the Chris Voss one, Brandon Voss. So I mean, all that stuff is like you're hearing it from people that have done it. So you know, it's like I feel like I don't know. You have to you have to want it. You know, some people are okay with being mediocre. I'm just not. You know, I I was for a long time, but uh, I'm just getting older. We only have one ride on this rock. So I want to make it memorable and make sure that I make it memorable for my wife and my kids as well. Here, here, buddy. That, you just kind of summed up the whole waste no day mindset, which is really that. It's like, you know, I was thinking I just turned 44. I'm, I'm never going to be that 43 age again. I only got to do that yeah. one time. Now, how did I spend that 43rd year? And it really had me thinking about how I'm going to spend or, or so far have spent my 44th year. And that just... I hadn't, I had not, was not able to start my new position yet. And, you know, Labor Day weekend just passed. And uh, just really late in the game, I just decided, let's go to Newport, drive to Newport Beach for five and a half hours on a Friday and stay three nights and go whale watching yeah. and, and do whatever else they have to offer there with the kids and, and then drive home. Cause, like, what else are we going to do? I'm only 44 once. They're only, you know, Nine once and six oh, once and yeah, nine and six. Yeah, my wife's you know age. only going to be twenty once. So you know. <laughs> hey, good make man. sure someone sends her that clip, 19. please. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kevin, you mentioned that you're a big anti-negativity guy, and so I want to shift gears here and turn into our sales conversation. And yep. I find it curious how somebody such as you, who has grown up in the trades, I mean, you've been in it since high school out of high school and you've been around what I can only imagine is the stereotypical bitter at life uh, HVAC technician. And generally that character is pretty negative in as a whole, mm -hmm. but very negative when it comes to sales. So mm -hmm. was it a, what, what kind of mind shift did you have to do in your head to embrace the sales culture and who did you have to or should I say, what tape recordings in your head did you have to delete of all the people that were telling you sales? Yeah, you're another one of those ripoff guys if you do that stuff to get to get yourself into a positive mindset towards the idea. Yeah, so the mindset was something that I was kind of working through while I was working up till um, before I got the sales job. So when I actually went into sales, initially i had already had built like this gigantic momentum like i have my me and my best friend we still talk about it today like i would tell him almost every week i was like dude like i can just feel something something's gonna happen for me in my work and it's gonna be crazy and i would tell him like dude i'm gonna be i'm gonna be wealthy i just know it um and i had already had that mindset going and uh when the job popped up i just the stressful thing was my wife like she was not like i'm trying to explain to her how this works like i go from you know doing all right i was making like whatever like 65 70 thousand dollars a year you know and then i'm like yeah well those it's the most those was the most money i had ever made in my life and now i'm trying to convince her like hey i'm gonna go be a salesman uh and she was super stressed out about it um but you know we had a couple long conversations and uh i ended up making the jump but you know the hardest thing for me i think was like deleting the technical talk, you know, because when you're trying to, you know, provide solutions to people, you know, the last thing you want to do is start bringing up things that could end the deal. Like, you know, words like SEER rating and high efficiency and modulating and stuff like that, because 
just makes people ask more questions. So that was the harder part for me was like the the technical aspect. But I came into the job like that's why my, my, the owner of my company. That's one of the reasons why he reached out to me. I I had started this campaign on Facebook where I was just posting like all types of just motivational, influential, positive stuff. Like I posted like my story on there, like you know, because it gets it does get deep and like I try to unless someone really asks me like I try to leave all the you know nooks and crannies out of it but I had posted the whole thing on Facebook and like got super vulnerable with people um, and yeah I just you know I, I had that momentum built going into the sales role and I was just ready for it like the very first sales call I went on I sold it was a five zone duckless job the very first sales call my I was training with the owner and he got sick and I was training with him for like two months and he's like, hey, man, I'm not feeling too good. He's like, do you think you could run these calls today? And again, like, I'm very big into, like, the present moment. And I just realized that that wasn't, like, something bad for me. That was an opportunity. So when opportunity comes knocking at my door, I'm always going to answer it. So that opportunity, hey, do you want to go run these calls? Some guys might have said no. You know, might have been like, oh, I'm not ready yet. But I was like, yeah, like, absolutely. What's the address? Showed up there sold my first job and it's been uh, it's it's yeah just negativity is just not it's not allowed it's not allowed anywhere around me anymore and it's just i'm so positive that i just push it all away it can't even get close so what were i mean this is all pretty fresh to you when when did you make that transition kevin two and a half years ago give or take to comfort yes. advisor yeah, so 2021, beginning of 2021, I, mean, I, I ran right, right in the heart of COVID too, and especially in the Northeast, yeah. where that was uh, that was a legitimate concern up your way. Um, so, mm -hmm. what were some of the fears that you had to overcome in your own mind when you started mm -hmm. running those sales calls? I mean, that that first one, you know, what's going through your head? What's racing in your heart there in terms of like? Is this going to blow up on me? Like, did I make a terrible decision? Am I going to say something stupid? What were the fears that you had to yeah. overcome? Exactly. Like, don't say anything stupid. Like, and, you know, you know, put your booties on. Like, make sure, you know, you're making eye contact. You know, don't, you know, do, because he had, I had trained with him and I knew the process. I knew, I knew what I had to do and it was just making sure I did it. So, you know, that, that was, you know, the biggest fear was like, can I do this? Like, you know, and, and that was it. It was like, you know, well, here it is. Like, you know, this is call number one. Like, this is going to be the make or break moment, you know. And then I did my whole thing, did the spiel, sat down, got the job. Um, but, you know, it, that was fearful. And then just the whole COVID thing was very fearful as well because we didn't know what was going to happen, right? So I made that transition, you know, right in the heart of COVID, like you said. And I had no idea what was going to happen. You know, I left my old job on good terms. They had already told me, like, listen, if anything, you know, whatever, whatever, you can come back. Um, but I'm super um, um, hyped to say that I didn't ever have to go back there. Um, we made it work. And, uh, yeah, those were the biggest fears. We're just making sure that it was a good fit and, and I was going to be able to do this because especially having that positive mindset and trying to be genuine and trying to, I want to help people like that was my biggest goal is like I want to serve I want to help people and it just so happens that HVAC is going to be the way that I do it so just making sure that I was being as genuine and transparent and honest as possible without just laying down for the people right like I still have to 
do my thing and, and, and go through the sales process like I did. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just those, those few things and, uh, it all worked out great. It all worked out great. Now you mentioned that one of the biggest challenges that you had making the transition from technician to comfort advisor was eliminating the jargon, uh, where yeah. <clears throat> you were used to saying things like seer and high efficiency and modulating this and compressing this and whatever. Um, and, and that might be received a little bit better as a comfort, excuse me, as a service technician where you kind of are wearing your technician hat. And then now you're, you're putting on that comfort advisor hat, you're putting on that sales hat. And so you're having to adjust the jargon piece, which we would recommend really no matter what position you're in, you want to be very cautious about that. What would you say were some of the other significant changes that you had to make in your presentation, if any, from being a technician to going full sales? Uh, so the big, the biggest change for me, honestly, was like all the technology. Like I'm on a computer now. Like I'm used to like using my hands and like banging tin, right? Like being a tin knocker and hanging ductwork and cutting my hands up. Uh, so that was one of the big changes. Was like, all right, like so, this is what I do now. I just like I I wear like fancy clothes and like I comb my hair and like I had all <laughs> I always just showed up like you know hat on, you know jeans, boots. Like that was that was my job. So those were the big, like things for me that I had to, to, to adjust to. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I, it was, it all happened so quick too, man. Like to really like pinpoint like certain things. It was just like, even this whole past couple of years has been kind of like a blur. I've been just like going with the flow and just riding this incredible wave that I've been on. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the lingo, the job scope and then honestly like the i don't want to say responsibility but the or the pressure but like knowing that i have these 15 guys that are relying on me because for a little while i was the only comfort advisor at the company so now like that was a big why like i was really big on making sure every day i had my why's like why am i doing this and that was at the forefront is I, I need to make sure that these guys have jobs because they have families to feed just like me. And if I don't sell jobs, these guys don't work. And if these guys don't work, then that's no bueno. Um, so, you know, that was another big thing, like a hurdle that I had to kind of grapple with is, you know, knowing that I need to, I needed to sell jobs, not only to feed my family, but to make sure that these guys that trusted me and in, in being, you know, the face of the company, I was doing what I was supposed to do. Absolutely. You mentioned something there, Kevin, about, um, you know, your, your, the change of appearance was a significant portion for you, uh, going to the business professional dress, uh, which, yeah. you know, I, there's different models out there, you know, some comfort advisors wear the technician uniform, other comfort advisors do the suit and tie thing or the polo or whatever. And one thing I want to ask you about here is that in making that transition, you know, sometimes people look at comfort advisors and say, did you got the life, man? You know, you, you can run calls whenever you want. You can go home whenever you want this. Like, it's great. You know, you're like always at a coffee shop and you're not up in attics and all that stuff. It's, it's great. <clears throat> but one thing that I think people miss is that when you walk in there as a tech, when you walk into the home as a technician, you're wearing a uniform. I think that naturally brings people's guard down. But when you walk into yeah. a home and you're wearing a polo or a suit and tie or something like that, and they know that you are there to sell them a system, 
it's like game on, buddy, and the defenses are up. Did you find that to be the case when you made that transition? Oh, yeah. I mean, I still – it still happens today. That's the whole, like, you know, Cowboys and Indians, like, they're waiting in the window, you know, like, oh, the sales guy's here, honey, you know, batting down the hatches. Um, get ready. Here he comes. He's coming for our money. Um, but, yeah, that was definitely um, something that – I dealt with early on, but like I said, learning my, you know, being able to communicate, like I really, like, I'm always trying to get better, but I feel like I'm a good communicator and I'm a good listener. And I feel like I won't even talk systems or anything like that until I, like, until the shoulders are down on the, on the client, until I, f I feel that moment that I've broken that wall down. Um, so that's a, a big step in my process is making sure that I arrive properly and then I break the ice. Those are two things that I do right away. I arrive, you know, I try to look as good as I can. Um, I call beforehand, you know, booties at the door, you know, asking permission to come in, you know, then just breaking the ice. Uh, so that way there, when I do want to sit down, it's not, there is that tension's gone. I'll have to say now, you know, 90, high 90% of the time when I sit down with people at the table, it's more of a, like, more of like this like just an open conversation like because they understand like once people talk to me long enough it's like okay this isn't just a, a sleazy fast talking sales guy because i'll tell them right off the bat like hey listen i've been doing this for 20 years i'm here to help you you know if we can come up with some solutions that make sense for you um i'd love to get you on the schedule if not you know that's fine too so let's just go through the process and, and see where we end up um but yeah, breaking that ice down and making sure that you communicate and you listen. I think the more we can listen as comfort advisors, because obviously as sales guys, you know, we I don't know if we love anything more than to talk. You know, we were blessed with that gift to gab. Um, but, you know, listening is, is far more important than talking when you're on a sales call. I think that's interesting you bring that up, Kevin, because you do have a, <clears throat> a natural gift of communication. And not everybody in the technical technician or trades field is blessed with that. And so when you say things like, I mean, I don't sit down until we're on like a good bonding and rapport level, not everybody computes what that means. I mean, like in your head, is there an alarm that goes off? Do you, do you see them like wink at you and now you know that it's, it's, we're good or like what happens <laughs> that you identify, okay, the walls are down, we're good to go. And how can you communicate that moment to somebody such as myself who's more introverted or somebody listening who is, you know, struggling with identifying that moment in time and perhaps has proceeded too quickly into presentation or has belabored the point and talked too much about surface level things that the person's kind of like rolling their eyes and saying like, all right, you know, right. Like, I got I got yeah. stuff to do here. So yeah. what, what is that magic moment, Kevin, when you say, okay, this is how I know it's time. It's almost like a feel, like it's just like a, I get the vibe, you know, because when you come in there, I come in like, hey, you know, hey, Nate, how's it going? And then, oh, yeah, the furnace is right over here. And then just at that moment, like, I don't I don't just follow down. Like, I'll be like, oh, that's that's great, um, you know, um, but is it all right if I, you know, tell you a little bit about myself and my company before I'm sure I'm sure you've done your research and, and you looked at our Google reviews, um, but I'd love to just tell you a little bit about myself um, before we get started here and even something just as simple as that 
you know, it's now they're like, oh, wait a minute, like, maybe, you know, this guy is a real person. He's not just here to sell us something, you know, because if he was, he probably would have just came right down here to the furnace and said, oh, it's going to be 80, 8,800 bucks. Let's get this thing going. Um, but I really try to be genuine with it. Like, I won't just, you know, oh, how's the weather? Or, you know, oh, it's you know hot day out there today, huh? Uh, I try to make it personal and, you know, I'll just, I don't know. It's just something that I just go with the flow of it. I, I go into the home. You know, sometimes I will go down to the furnace, but I don't talk any technical stuff until I get that part out of the way, which is like my introduction, because that's that would be rude of me. If I come into your home and I don't even introduce myself, I mean, yes, I have my name on my shirt, um, but, you know, I, I want to really extend my thanks and my gratitude that I'm even here. And that's even something like, hey, listen, there's a hundred HVAC companies in the Boston area. So um, I just really want to thank you for, you know, reaching out to us and, and giving us this opportunity to come out here and, and you know, take a look at your, at your uh, existing system and, and come up with some options for you and some solutions. So I really just want to thank you. Uh, and just something even like that is like, you know, that there's different things that will knock the wall down, but you can usually just tell in, in body language. Like I'm always trying to read people's body language, their tone of voice, eye contact. Like if people, and listen, sometimes like sometimes you're just up against a negative nancy and sometimes like i'll be like all right and i'll just throw in the towel and it's like listen you know i got another call i'm not going to sit here and try to you know go through that because at the end of the day those folks are usually going to line up all the estimates and say all right this is the cheapest one we're going to go with that guy not our customer you know they're just not going to be a good fit for us um but if i'm making that connection and i'm having that good conversation um then yeah i can tell when, I can always tell when that happens. It's just like I said, it's like a whole demeanor change. Um, you know, maybe now all of a sudden the wife is there. Maybe at first I come in and it's just the husband and he's like the guard dog, right? And then next thing I know I'm, I'm having the conversation with him and maybe the wife's in the kitchen and she's just listening to me. And then all of a sudden she comes around the corner and now they're both there. And now they're both listening to me. And, you know, that probably comes with, you know, the knowledge and I've just done this for so long so I can have intelligent conversations with people about their systems about how the airflow is about how the system's operating um and i don't think a lot of you know comfort advisors sales guys i don't think maybe maybe i'm wrong but i don't think a lot of them do that i think a lot of them just think sales background is is enough to cut the cake but i really believe that having a hybrid of both um is really a uh you know it, it allows you to be a, a really a top performer <clears throat> uh, totally agree with you there. And I think there's so much value that comes along with the ability to say and, and communicate with the client both repair and replacement options right there at the table. Uh, if you're strictly sales and like the repair element is foreign to you, you can kind of get a little bit lost there in terms of like, you know, when they start asking questions, well, what if we would repair it? And like, oh, well, I mean, we can certainly talk about that. We could bring your technician back in. I mean, you have a nice the the nice ability to discuss both things if that is on the table as something that you want to consider. Now, speaking yep. of things that you're going to consider, what percentage of your calls are marketed leads versus tech flips? Uh, so it's probably a little bit heavier on the marketed leads. Um, we did kind of transition towards uh, making you know giving the guys the opportunity to 
to flip more leads or just kind of putting that in their mind, like, let's flip some leads because it wasn't a really, it wasn't something we were really doing fluently. Um, and then, like I mentioned, I don't know if it was off air, but the um, the Daniel Arroyas episode really, like, struck a chord with me. I, I made sure I sent it to my boss. I said, dude, you got to listen to this and listen to what this guy does because I think this would be great for what we're trying to do here. Uh, and then, yeah, we started, you know, really making the guys uh, think about, you know, doing more lead, lead flips because at the end of the day, too, sometimes it's not – the best service it's not the best solution to fix somebody's 20 year old furnace that i mean it's 20 years old like what's is that the really the best option um but yeah you know we we do a a high percentage of those tech flips um but definitely a little bit more um on the marketed leads for sure um whether it's google or you know i I think um jonathan does campaigns where he's like i don't know what it's called click click something like paper clicks or something like that i don't know what that means but that's above my pay grade but yeah a lot of marketed leads uh, but people are calling us you know so i'm not cold calling i'm not just showing up people are reaching out to us uh most of the time they're getting multiple quotes um another big big thing in massachusetts is we have what's called the mass save program i don't know if you guys have ever heard of that no that's that's new to me so the mass save program like listen to this um the uh, you get zero percent interest loans up to fifty thousand dollars if you're doing HVAC um, re- renovations, and then also you get a ten thousand dollar rebate. So if you live wow. in Massachusetts, this is for energy do, saving stuff. Yeah, yep. It has to be like a heat pump or you know something like that. You know they'll do it for a high efficiency boiler, but they're really starting to to push those like they don't they don't want anybody having gas anymore anywhere so they want everything to be renewable energy solar um electricity all that stuff so if you're doing a heat pump and it costs you 25 grand you're going to get 10 grand back and you're going to be able to finance the entire project at zero percent interest wow all of a sudden uh i I feel a a mass movement of comfort advisors towards the massachusetts area (laughs) (laughs) but it's it there's a lot of competition here i'll say there's a lot of good companies um but yeah the the the, uh the incentives here are are nuts and then you get the two thousand dollar um tax credit that's um, federal, you know, the incentive for the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, but, yeah, you know, so a lot of marketed stuff, a lot of mass save stuff, like we're on the mass save list. So if somebody goes and, like, looks up, you know, heat pumps or whatever, like our name always pops up. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty hungry, um, pretty hot market for all that stuff. Yeah, those are definitely some pretty sweet incentives and certainly hard to pass by. But I still got to give you some kudos, man. If you're running the majority of your calls, if you're running them as marketed leads, I think that's very impressive to be on track to do $5 million. They uh, are. I mean, they are the toughest lead you can run. For sure. So many yeah. of our comfort advisors uh, would, would, I don't want to say would struggle, uh, would, would rather have a tech flip than a marketed lead. And why wouldn't you? Because it's a handoff from a technician to you and it's already kind of primed and the person's already in the mindset. Whereas a marketed lead, like, yeah, you know you're going up against multiple estimates. You know you're going up against a a brand new cold client that you've never met before. They may have never done business with your company before. And so that makes a lot more sense why you're spending so much time on the bonding and rapport piece. Not that that wouldn't be a good idea anyways, 
But yeah. I mean, this in many of these cases, this is probably the first time that these clients have used your your company. Right, right, yeah. My and if I'm going into a tech flip, then it's the process is a little bit different. Like I don't, I don't spend a lot of time grinding at the beginning because I feel like they already know what's happening. Like the tech has already set us up. Like we have a whole process for that. Like the tech has has set me up for success. So I'm showing up there and I'm going to you know, not get right to it, but I don't spend all the time like I normally do. Um, if it's a marketed lead, I'll just get right in there and, Hey, you know, I know Nate was here earlier and, uh, you know, I, I know you guys talked about some repair options and I'll get them to confirm with me. It sounds like that's something that's not on the table. You're not really interested in that. And then they'll say, no, really not. We're looking to replace it. And then, you know, all right, so you're looking to get this thing replaced. Now they tell me twice, right? So the psychology that's, that, that's there also, comes into play and then i just get get right to it you know i'll go down there and take some measurements but i already have them all i already have all the pictures from the tech i don't need to do any of that stuff but i still don't want to just sit right down and and give them the price i'll go down and and poke around a little bit and just kind of muck it up with them and and you know just talk normal stuff and then go upstairs and and sit down and, and present my solutions Hey, if you have not heard the episode that Kevin's talking about that kind of changed the game for his team in terms of getting more uh, tech flip leads, it is the Daniel Arroyo's episode, and that is from December 5th, 2022 on the Waste No Day podcast. Was it, was, it is our most downloaded episode ever, so is it guessing really? most wow. of you have heard it, <laughs> but if you have not, or if you haven't heard it in a long time and this one's striking a chord with you, go back, listen to that one again, because it's these two are right on that same level. It's a lot of mindset stuff and a lot of legit strategies to get better at this. Yep. So, Kevin, you got to want it. You have to want to get better, man. You sure do. And obviously you do. And yet not every client that you see wants it, as you say. So. What is your favorite objection to get when you're sitting down in front of a client? What's your favorite obje objection to hear and how do you overcome it? So I've kind of fixated in my own mind that all objections are price objections, no matter what they say. Um, you know, uh, I got to think about it. You know, well, you know, Nate, we spent a lot of time today. I've given you a lot of information you know what exactly do you, uh, you know, what what exactly are you needing to think about is there something that i left out you know um or it's too or if it's too expensive that's like an easy one like you know then you create some some basis on like what that means like what is like what does that mean what do you mean by it's too expensive like compared like compared to what and now you kind of can again the hardest part for a sales guy to just be quiet and listen and then you know, they'll tell you, like, ah, I had another estimate, and then you can go to work on that <laughs> however you have to. It's so true what you said, like, the hardest thing is to listen, because as soon as you were saying that, I was sitting there thinking, what's my, what's my rebuttal going to be? Like, <laughs> you immediately start <laughs> strategizing, and when you're newer, and, and you really want to, and when you're newer, and you really want to try to overcome objections uh, and get started at it, that's way more difficult to get an objection. Oh, yeah ask the, the qualifying question as Tom Hopkins would call it and his his for that exact objection was always the same which was you certainly have a reason for saying that Mr. Minnick would you mind sharing yep, with me what it I was and and let them break down because like you're saying you don't know if you're dealing with someone who's saying 
I can't afford $15,000 right now. Or if it's someone who's yeah. saying um, in their head, I only have fourteen three for this project. Or if it's someone who yeah. doesn't know you have monthly payments. Or if it's someone who has another estimate for 8000 You have no idea. Yeah. And the second you spit a rebuttal out, you may have just created objection number two. Mm-hmm. So you... Yeah, you got to get more information always, always. I try to ask as many just question after question, you know, without being super obvious about it. Like, even if I ask a question and they give me an answer, if I can follow it up with another question to get more information, I'm just loading up my backpack full of tools so that at the end, when I am sitting down and they say, oh, Kevin, like, that's that's a lot of money. Like, yeah, listen, Brian, I, I, I totally agree. It is a lot of money, but, you know, I remember at the beginning of this call, we kind of had this conversation that, you know, you were interested in looking at some premium options. And then whatever you want to say after that, like, is should we just eliminate this this top option here and look at something a little bit more economical? Um, and just kind of, I don't think there's any one way to overcome any objection. You just have to stay in the batter's box and don't yeah. don't throw in don't throw in the white towel. It's man. almost like uh, there until, it's almost like overcoming quote unquote is probably the wrong word. Where it's just like you're not really because rarely did you quote unquote overcoming an objection mean they're now saying yes. It's just like you said, staying in the batter's box. You're just getting one more opportunity to ask again. And usually what the reason newer, younger salespeople, salespeople who are younger to the game fail on that is it's very easy to take an objection as a rejection and to think that because they're giving you a reason they don't think they can do it, they're saying that I don't want to do it. I will not do it when they're saying Here's a reason I don't think I can do it. Can you help me with this? And, you know, I wish yeah. somebody would get a hold of all the clients across the country and they're across the world and say, hey, start rephrasing <laughs> your objections, all right? Make it easier for these young salespeople. Start saying, yeah. well, I'd love to do this. Here's a reason I think I cannot. Can you help me with this? Because yeah. that's really what they're saying. Yeah. And if you can start hearing objections rephrased in that way and then thinking to yourself, well... I understand that. Let me think and let me think and uh, see if there's a way I can help. And then coming up with a way to help. That's what overcoming the objection is just walking them through how it can still be done if it's something they really want to do. Walking them down the hallway like that, you know, that was another kind of thing I envisioned is like I'm just walking these folks down the hallway and closing all these doors on the left and the right where they're trying to run out and getting them to that door at the end, which is is the sale because let's face it like not not many people are going to be like you know hey oh hey brian so yeah this is gonna you know this all in you're looking at about 30 grand most people aren't going to be like oh kevin that's that sounds fantastic where do i sign like that's just human nature yeah like oh that's it you know it's human nature to be like oh i get i gotta i gotta think about that or you know it's, it's a lot of money and then like well what you know, what makes you say that? Well, I was looking on Google and, you know, I was, uh, I, I, I Googled how much it costs to install an air conditioner and it says $5,000. Um, so you just, like you said, you never know why, why somebody's saying anything, you know, like, and then, Hey, if it's like, you know, I got to think about it, I got to talk it over with my wife. And that's the other thing. Like if it's a valid reason, then that's fine. Like, Hey, I got to talk it over with my wife. And I'm like, no, that's fine, Nate. You know, um, I'd love to come back and sit down with, with you and your wife. What's your wife's name? And, again, just trying to gather more information. 
caring, right? I care about the whole situation, not just making the sale. And then I'll come back. I'll come back on a Saturday, on a Sunday. It doesn't, it doesn't make a difference to me. Um, if if that's what I need to do to make the sale and to close the deal, I will I, I will a hundred percent do it every time. Kevin, you mentioned something there earlier about how you would help somebody step down from something that uh, you heard as a price objection. <clears throat> You said, uh, you know, okay, so maybe this this top uh, this top um, option isn't uh, what you're looking for. Perhaps you would like something more economical, and you let them tell you yes or no. But I want to I want to ask the question: How do you even get to that place in the first hand? You know, how do you understand whether you should be offering a ten thousand dollar or a fifty thousand dollar package? Or how do you know whether you should be offering five thousand or fifteen thousand? How do you gauge the beginning of their budget without presenting something that was way lower than they expected or way higher than they expected? Yeah, so I kind of just stick to the one to to the process that I that I do, and it's just you know I'm gonna build options that start at you know very premium because who am I to choose for anybody? It's not my job to choose. If you want the fifty thousand, because I'll tell you, for do after doing this for the two and a half years I've done it, you cannot judge a book by its cover. You have no idea what type of money people have. Um, so if I go in there and I undersell something, then I've done them a disservice. So I always start with, you know, the heat heat pumps are super popular around here. So you know my top option is going to be a twenty sear variable speed heat pump. Um, with you know a complete air treatment package which is you know uh, an air cleaner a 24 volt air cleaner a HEPA filter uh, that would come with a Wi-Fi digital thermostat um, if they have duct work that's that's been there for 20 years you better believe that that top options has the option for a full duct cleaning um, and then I'll just work my way down from there all the way down to hey listen Nate if you want me to just come in here and replace your air conditioner with a 13 sear and a single stage that options there like I don't tell them that right away like I'll tell them there's gonna be a range of options but if I talk to them about the top option and they're like oh that sounds you know that that sounds good you know how, how can we get that done then I don't have to go down anymore but if they don't like that then you know there's probably a different tier of equipment uh, maybe it's not the Bosch maybe it's you know the GE which is a little bit less expensive um, and they'll save you know a thousand a couple thousand bucks um, or you can do the AC swap out where you're going to save like seven grand, but you're not going to get any rebates. That's the great thing about mass save is when you factor in the $12,000 you're going to get back, the heat pump is 10 out of 10 times going to be the most economical solution if you're looking at the big picture and not just the upfront cost. Now on the flip side of that conversation, Kevin, is the objection that you don't want to hear. Is there one that really puts fear into your bones and you're not quite sure if you always handle it perfectly? Let's see. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like I handle them all. Like, I have a, a flow chart of I just, you know, I don't let them, I don't let them object. It's, I don't let them, you know, it's like, I know, I know the objections are all price objections. You know, they, what else, what else are they objecting to? Unless I totally didn't hit it off with them and it's just maybe i looked like you know somebody that they hated in high school or something like that and you know it's you know i i don't know there's not really an objection that 
really stumps me and not to say like oh my god i'm just this you know this sales guru but i just don't get flustered like if we're not a good fit we're not a good fit you know that's one lady was like i told her how much it was and she was like jesus like that's you know that's way too much money and that objection that's scary to me is when somebody gives me that type of reaction now i know they just have no idea what they were up against you know and we are a premium company in the boston area you know, we do charge a little bit more than other contractors do. Um, but when I get that, like, emotional, like, holy smokes, you know, like, that's a, that's a crap load of money. Like, that one usually will, will that one's tough to, to come back from, I think. The emotional, the emotional price objection, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, and it's pretty obvious that you're good at overcoming objections no matter what they are, man. On track to sell $5 million this year on the East Coast is nothing to slouch at, and that's certainly some cucumber numbers, man. So super proud of you for doing that. And as we start bringing things in for a landing not, here, Kevin. Not to mention the fact that you're doing it like you're doing it in what's widely considered the worst year in three years, right, for, for the HVAC industry. It is considered the certainly uh, across across the country and now i was listening to uh cristiano's to the point podcast uh on my way home today and he had ken goodrich on again and anytime ken goodrich is on a show i'm i'm all ears especially this one listen listen twice uh and you know he was he asked ken he said and you know chris chris owns a, a internet marketing company for the trades that is nationwide and he knows, he said, demand is down across the country. And he asked Ken if he sees if he sees that same trend. And Ken said, of course, absolutely. So kudos to you for not only getting it done and having your, you know, record year nearly doubling your best year, but doing it in what is considered the slowest year in several years in the HVAC industry. Just showing that, look, it can be done. You heard a podcast that changed the game for you. You heard somebody who's doing it in a way that's a little more effective. You went back to the leadership at your company and said, listen to this and let's game up and see how we can do this. And, you know, that reminds me of, of Brent Buckley being on here the first time he was on waste, no day where he went and did that exact same thing. And it goes to show, man, be, be crafty out there, yeah. whatever your position is like, you don't own the company, but you affected real, change that has you in more homes with better qualified uh prospects because now you're getting more tech leads and the guys make more money like if i if they flip a lead to me and i sell a twenty thousand dollar job they get well i don't even know what they might they get like probably a few hundred bucks three four five hundred bucks off of that you know whatever it is so like now they're making more money which that that's that's why I do it. You know, that's one of my whys. Is I got to make sure these guys are feeding their families and, and taking care of their lives just the way I am. I love the mindset there, Kevin. And as we are wrapping things up here, man, uh, if people are resonating with what you've been talking about today or the changes that you had to make and overcome obstacles in your life to get to a position where you are, where can they find you? Yeah, so please, anybody, I know like a lot of folks listen to this and I'm... Um, if anybody's got any type of questions on any, you know, uh, substances, I, I was, without getting too in-depth, I was wrapped up in a bunch of different things that are not, not good. Um, so, you know, feel free. My email is um, kpolito, P-O-L-I-T-O, at greenenergymech, 
M-E-C-H.com. And then um, I've done this a couple times, and it's got, and I've gotten actually some folks to reach out to me. So my personal cell phone number is um, 978-888-1885. I'd love to hear from anybody, um, you know, if, if you need any type of reassurance that you can do it. Because if I can do it, I'm telling you, man, if I can do this, anybody can. I don't have anything special, you know. I just I focus on you know being present and being mindful and being positive and it's really easy you know life is a it's a pile of choices and the choices are all ours to make and and it's you can make good choices and and yeah please if anyone's listening and you're struggling reach out i'd love to be that guy yeah we sure would love if you would reach out to kevin shoot him a text let him know what you thought about his episode and as we bring it in here uh kevin you mentioned there that you would love to be that guy. And, and I, I wanted to wrap up with this question now that you've reached comfort advisor. And and I don't mean that to be the epitome of, you know, what can be in the HVAC trade, you know, not everybody would look at that and say that's the top tier, but some guys would, uh, regardless, you've been in a lot of positions and a lot of different roles in the company or multiple companies looking back over your 20 years and all the things that you've learned, whether it was how to dress or how to conduct yourself or how to communicate or when to talk, when not to talk or how to overcome an objection. If you could speak to the Kevin Polito of 10 years ago, five years ago, 15 years ago, if you could speak to the Kevin of, of yesteryear and say, yo man, this, this is what you should be focusing on now to have the success you can in the future. What would be your message to yourself and perhaps to others who are listening today? Man, um, I, would, I would say that, like I said, I think I, I touched on it earlier, is that we all have been blessed and birthed with this internal power that not a lot of people use, um, you know, the power of the mind, the power of the heart. You know, you combine those things um, and and you can really achieve greatness in life like we're all destined for greatness like anything you could possibly think of that you want in life is already here you just have to claim it you know you have to vibrate on that frequency and and understand um how to do that so i would just say focus focus on yourself you know don't worry about the outside world don't worry about what you see on the news focus on yourself and and choose to be happy and choose to be positive and choose to make a difference you know make somebody smile every day like i started off like doing that like holding doors for people you know like i'd go out to breakfast with the wife and kids and you know pay someone's tab it sounds so corny and cliche but you know you see a dad with a daughter like cover the tab you know do do something good as much as you can because the more positive energy you put out into the world the more good you do in the world it comes back to you so i think if i would have known that at at a younger age like i could have probably but i think you still need to like life has its ups and downs and you got to definitely go through and level up and level up but if i could have understood that part of life at a younger age yeah i would have been uh, yeah i would have been really really grateful for it well, we all have the things that we sure wish we could tell ourselves if we could talk to ourselves from years ago, man. And those are good words to, to close this out here, Kevin. And if you are listening and you are struggling with something right now, 
Well, you're finding yourself in a negative pattern. Consider this the wake up call, man, to, to make a change and to choose to be a better version of yourself. Like we say on the show nearly every week. And to waste no day, boys. Come on. Yeah, right, buddy. buddy. <laughs> good talking to you, Kev. It's good to have you on, yes. man. I just have one final thing for you here. What's the opposite of stop? Go. And what are the bird? What are the things that fly in the sky? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. No, hey, it's good to have good you luck on, man. this season, man. Yeah, it was really great meeting you guys. Like I said, this was uh, this was bucket list for me, and uh, I can't believe that I just did this with you guys. So thank you guys so much. I'm super grateful, and I can't wait to hear. Yeah, it. we barely had to work at all here, buddy. We appreciate you taking the lion's share of the burden of conversation <laughs> onto your shoulders. Uh, Hey, I love it, man. Thank you guys for the opportunity and the platform. And, uh, you know, good luck with your. I know uh, Brian's got some future stuff, so good luck with that. And, uh, I wish you guys all the best. Thanks, buddy. Let's do it again when you get to 10 million. Let's do it. You guys will be the first ones I call, man. See you, Kevin. All right, gentlemen. Have a great night. Take care. Hey, that's a wrap for this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed your time listening to Kevin Polito. Great story there of somebody who's overcome so much in this life and is making the most of it and is succeeding at a high level and a truly high level. Whether you're a comfort advisor, a selling technician, service technician, apprentice, or anybody else in the HVAC or plumbing and electrical trades, his story is one of inspiration and one of encouragement that you too can find success. Changing of your mindset and determination to make the most of your opportunities can take you to places that you have never dreamed of. So thanks so much to Kevin for sharing that with us, a great message, and of course, some really good sales advice in there too, about creating bonding and rapport and making sure that you're overcoming objections and getting the client what they really deserve, which is the best top-grade service that you can possibly provide them. We want to be providing you with top-grade service as well each and every week. We want to be giving you great episodes and content to listen to. If you love what you're hearing, we'd sure love to hear about it. Drop us a line, leave us a five-star review, hit us up on social media, and share, share, share as much as you can. We really appreciate it. We leave you now with our weekly challenge, which is the same each and every week, to choose to wake up every single day and waste no day.